All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. One hour of straight hockey talk with Dan, Rick, Tyler, and Bag Milk starts now. All right, episode 199 of Oilers Nation Radio. And is that not a fantastic omen for tonight? Right? 99? Like, I feel like that's good. The vibes are good there, right? And yeah, I like that a lot. Next episode will be 200 for how many points McDavid's going to get next year. Hey, oh, <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, like I said, episode 199, shout out to our friends at Oodle Noodle and DoorDash. Uh, it is time for the Oodle Noodle delicious debate to start today's episode. And for the Oilers, but, you know, before we talk about tonight and some other big storylines to come out of that game, the delicious debate question is this. What was the most impressive part of Edmonton's dominant game three victory, Zach? Oh man, I, I think the way that they were able to roll lines, honestly, like McDavid, obviously McDavid, Dreisaitl, Kane, that top line was tremendous, but I thought the second and third lines too played great games. Mm -hmm. You know, they were positive on the shot share. They were positive on the expected goal share. And I think that just goes to show that these lines are some of the best we maybe have ever seen from this team uh, in the Jay Woodcroft, Dave Tippett era for sure. I love that point. And that was one of the things I really enjoyed was new time in Pugliarvi. They didn't score. But God, they were just in the offensive zone. It seemed like every single shift and the third period and that push that kind of came from the flames, largely score effects kind of brought a lot of the five V five numbers closer than they really were because that second line was great. And that third line with Yamamoto, Fogel and uh, Ryan McLeod, the shot attempts, the course, he was 10 five when they were on the ice at five on five. That's unreal. That trio did a great job as well. So I loved the contributions they got from lines two and three, even though they weren't directly reflected on the score sheet. Uh, bag milk. What do you got? What stands out for you? What's the most impressive part of game three win? I thought, uh, I like what Zach said, so I'm going to go a little bit different. I thought that the Oilers again have looked really good on the PK. 
And the power play needs to get going a little bit. So that would be a downside, but the PK has gone really, really well. In fact, I would almost suggest that the Oilers look as dangerous as the flames do when they're down a man. Like look at what Zach Hyman's doing. Anytime he's out there, we've talked about him all season, but man, I didn't expect the engine that guy has on him to just roll as it does. He's got no quit in him. The chemistry between he and Nuge is very clear on the PK. They're just getting the job done and everybody's sacrificing the body. We saw some more big blocks and, caught some timely clears Mike Smith making saves when you need to. So I want to give a little tip of the hat to the, uh, the PK cause they came up with some big minutes. Like even just after Shillington scored and made a four one, like, okay, we're talking about score effects and all that, but like then Nugent Hopkins got a, a penalty right after that. And if the Oilers would have allowed a goal there, I think they actually got two. Now that I'm thinking about it, if the Oilers would have allowed a goal there, then all of a sudden we could have been talking about a very different finish to that game, even though there was very little time left on the clock. So I, I got to say the PK got to get some love for me on that one. Also, if anyone listening is wondering, uh, yes, Zach is subbing in for Rick. I forgot to say that off the jump uh, nation. Dan, what was the most impressive part of that game three win for you? Well, first of all, Rick's soft, supple voice has been just been a nice change. Sorry. No, not Zach. Um, <laughs> Am I not soft and supple me, enough? Great points by you guys. Uh, further for me, I think outside of Evander Kane, the Oilers just stayed away from the extracurricular nonsense. They didn't let the Flames bait them into any kind of really stupid penalties outside of, again, Evander Kane's one there. Um, you know, even when they took down Smith, the team didn't overreact. I felt like the response was perfect. You know, you dealt with the guys on the ice and you let the referees do their work. So yeah, for me, this, this team had to make a shift. Once you start to get guys like Darnell Nurse and Leon Dreisaitl as banged up as they are, you have to stop getting into those muck mucks mm-hmm. after the whistle. And uh, the Oilers have done a really good job, I think, of just focusing on beating this Flames team in these last two games. Yeah. And I, I love that part about not getting involved in the extracurriculars. Jay Woodcroft said earlier in the series, you have to have good scrum discipline. You could argue it's something they didn't have at a lot of points against LA. And the Woodcroft point is, is a great one too, because yeah. the, the, the everlasting image that came out of that was Woodcroft smiling right after Milan Lucic takes out Mike Smith, but he's smiling because his guys, to me, at least he's smiling because his guys didn't take the stupid penalties and the, the stupid game won a stupid prize yeah. for Milan Lucic. Yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about that a little bit here as we continue on Lucic goes into Mike Smith somewhat hard. I know he let up and it maybe wasn't as bad as it looked the first time or when you saw it live. Um, but let's just kind of go around the horn here. Zach, what did you make of that incident? I, I agree. No supplemental discipline needed, but I also think five in a game, that's the right call. If you're going to take that kind of a run at a goalie. Yeah, I think it was a great call on the ice by the officials. Um, and I think it was the right move by the league to not discipline Lucic any further. Look, uh, Milan Lucic is a guy who can't really skate very well. And I, I, <laughs> compared it akin to a a semi truck on the highway whose brakes went out and they needed that emergency off ramp. And that's what Lucic needed. He, he didn't really give himself any other choice. And I will give Lucic some credit for letting up there. Um, And, you know, I give credit to the Oilers response there too. You listen to the post game stuff after game three, you know, all of the Oilers that were asked about it, you know, it was Kane Smith and then Woodcroft, all three of them, they just kind of shrugged their shoulders. And they're like, well, whatever it is, what it is like, 
You know, we're not, they didn't seem concerned about it. It didn't give me that feeling that like, Ooh, all of a sudden game four, there's going to be retribution. Like, you know, like what St. Louis was looking for from Kadri, Right. Yeah. And I mean, had Smith been injured on that play, maybe it's a different story going into game four, but even watching game three or whatever the game was last night between Colorado and St. Louis, like St. Louis was more concerned about getting retribution than they were about winning that game. And I think, you know, from the Edmonton Oilers perspective, they can't go into this game four thinking, oh, we have to get back at Lucic. Like he's ineffective out there on the ice. He's not making a difference in any way, shape or form. So, you know, what's the point of, of trying to go out of your way to try and do something to Lucic or X other player on the flames? I was going to say Lucic gets a retribution on Lucic just by playing. He is so yeah. bad. He's such a non-event that who cares? Let like I, I agree Zach with Zach hundred percent. Just let it go. Let it go and go beat them on the scoreboard. That's what matters the most. And I, I think that as I watched it, I see a guy who can't turn at all. And the only option was to run into what was right in front of him. And unfortunately it was Mike Smith. Thankfully Schmidt, wasn't hurt. He had to leave for the concussion spotters, but the entrance again, I got to give Zach some love for the stone cold glass break so entrance that you did funny. was so funny. And I'm glad he didn't get hurt. It could have been worse, but thankfully it wasn't. I think it's time to just put it in the rearview mirror and focus on the task at hand. Yeah, Dan, before we go to you on this, I, I like if they would have called that like a double minor or even given him two, I may have been able to watch the replay and been like, okay, I get it. But I think at that moment of the game, you really didn't want Milan Lucic coming back into that game because it would have just been nonsense after that. Yeah. So I would have loved to have heard the conversation of the two refs watching it on the iPad. And when they were reviewing it to see if it was a major, because I'd imagine it was something like, yeah, it's not that bad. Hey, no, no, it's not that bad. He's already in the room though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's already in the room. Okay. Fuck it. Let's just keep this. <laughs> yeah, let's just keep like, this thing the way it is. We're not going into the flames locker room and telling Lucci can come back out. Uh, Dan, what did you make of the play? Yeah. To me, it's just a game situation issue for, for Milan Lucic. It's, you know, you're, you're down four to nothing. You, that was, there was no, there's nobody in the, on the ice that could have beaten Smith to that puck, let alone Milan Lucic. <laughs> so the guy, you know, all the flames fans, I'm sure would have rather he just went and did a line change and been done with it. Yeah. But Milan Lucic made a decision. He knew what he was coming into and, you know, he got the discipline that he did. I, and I agree wholeheartedly. I said it right away. I said, we need to campaign that this is not a suspension because we want Milan. Oh yeah. We want him on the ice. We well, want him playing. I think he, he listened, like, is a non-event. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you like, look at Lucic's comments from yesterday too, where he literally was like, look, if I wanted to run him, I would have ran him and neither of us would be playing in game four. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like seriously, like if Lucic really wanted to run Smith, he could have like ended Smith's career. Yeah. Like, I mean, yes. you think about the Ryan Miller incident, right? Where he just yeah. popped him and blew him up. Oh, were you going to say that? No, I, that's, that's exactly it. And the same thing Daryl Sutter after said after the game too, I just don't like, I just don't like the, the, but again, it's, you know, you put yourself into a situation where Mike Smith could have been hurt, yeah. you know, and it's, and it's just, it's not necessary. It was, it was an unnecessary play. So yeah, I'm all for no more retribution. The retribution is going to be on the scoreboard. When we're up three to one in this series, Milan Lucic is going to wish he got suspended. <laughs> That's a hell of a line. I like that. Uh, the thing, this didn't get a lot of attention in the moment, um, but it started to get a lot of attention today. And that's the clip that went viral. Uh, I'm going to retweet it right now from our Oilers Nation radio podcast um, account on Twitter. 
but it was the shift on the power play right after the Lucic penalty where the Flames take multiple, multiple jabs at Leon Dreisaitl's ankle. Um, did, has everyone seen this one already? Yep. Yeah. No, I haven't had a chance to yet. Uh, if you so go... Go check it out. Go check it out, Dan, will, while yep. you're looking at it. I'll, Frank Saravalli just tweeted 25 minutes ago, the NHL is aware of this clip. It is apparently targeting of Leon Dreisaitl's ankle. Safe to say player safety, hockey ops, officiating departments are in communication. We'll keep an eye out for the same in game four and beyond. To me, that tells me that the Flames are playing scared right now. They're playing scared hockey right now. If that's where their tactics are at, mm-hmm. they're not even paying attention to the kill that's happening on the ice. They're trying to hack at Leon's ankle and it's that's garbage hockey that's garbage hockey from a scared hockey team yeah uh so frank actually this is a fun little tidbit he broke that piece of news live on the sherwood ford giant pregame show earlier today i'm excited for this dan you just watched it for the first time that is fucking amateur hour what is that (laughs) i i I can't believe i must have been looking at social media when that's happening they are swinging their sticks like they're trying to hit a grasshopper in the grass like that's unbelievable i don't understand it like you i think it was you tyler or bag milk that just said like they're not even doing the penalty kill it's literally kill dry that's what they were trying to do They've got no interest in killing the penalty yeah. there. They're trying to get after dry saddle. That tells me they're playing scared hockey right now. That is Bush Mickey League hockey. Mouse organization comes to mind. <laughs> uh, so if you're driving maybe right now and you, you don't have a chance to pull up the clip, my play-by-play of it is off the draw. Dry saddle wins it back. He's tied up a little bit with Backland, who tries to spin dry saddle down while kind of hooking his leg. Uh, he then gives dry saddle a whack on the back of the leg, and then Backland goes up to cover the point, and the next flame slides over and gives him a whack then that defender decides to go cover the front of the net and out of nowhere Lindholm steps up and is like I'm gonna just try spear you and stab you a couple of more times and then at the end of the shift there's actually another clip Frank said that goes on a little bit longer where the defenseman in front then goes to dry saddle all four flames that were on the ice took a shot at his injured leg while he was out there in a four nothing hockey game and after shot number three it looks like dry tries to wave to the referee like is someone gonna catch yeah. these like what is going on? Well, I think it also shows the mindset the flames have. Like you listen to their post game comments after game three, where they're like, Oh, it's one man that's beating us. It's only yeah. one guy out there. Well, which guy like, yeah, Connor McDavid had a great game and another mind blowing performance from him, you know, a goal and a couple assists, but Hey, Leon Drysdale had four apples in that second period. Kane NHL record, by the way, yeah. four apples. Hyman scored like, there's more than just Connor McDavid that's doing damage to the flames. And I think the fact that Calgary's so wrapped up in the fact that McDavid is having such a brilliant series just goes to show where their mindset's at. Like, I hope they come into game four and are like, man, it's just McDavid. We have to shut down. Cause that's going to open up the second line. That's going to open up I'm, the third line. Like, it's I'm just so glad you said that. It, it's I'm just so glad silly. you said, that. yeah, like it's silly stuff from the flames and it shows that the Oilers are literally rent free in their head right now. This team is going where Connor McDavid is leading them every single time. When Connor McDavid has an unbelievable shift or an unbelievable game, that that yep. the team has an unbelievable shift and an unbelievable game. It's just the way it is. I like you said it best, Zach. And and for me, Matthew Kachuk, keep thinking that way. Keep talking about how much McDavid's beating you because then everyone else is going to keep beating you too. It's just it's it's silly. It's it's amazing to me the shift that has happened since, since the the game one, you know, like I, we had flames fans telling us that this was going to be the norm, that Mike Smith was just going to allow everything. And here we are three games later. And it feels like 
Calgary has not one answer for us right now. Well, I think it's important too, since you mentioned that, I think we got to, I'm hoping the boys have the same, I, and I know they're saying all the right things in the media, but like we can't be, and I'm saying the collective, we can't be cocky going into game four because the job is not done. We were down in LA, Tyler, when we thought after that A2 blowout yeah. that we were walking into game four, you know, pom poms waving around. This was going to be a done deal. That cannot be the case tonight. We need to have another repeat performance of what we saw in game three. We need to feed off that. We need the boys to feed off the crowd and they need to keep the hammer to the, the pedal to the floor the entire night because we've got an opportunity to go up three, one here. Let's a little M and M here. There's a, let's seize the moment on this one because they got a big shot right now. Big, it's big a, shot. Game four is always the swing game, right? Like the difference between three, one and two, two is massive. And that difference will be played out over 60 minutes tonight. Um, you mentioned the kind of war of words in the media, Rasmus Anderson saying, we let one guy beat us tonight. Um, Bag milk. You had the tweet of the night uh, saying pretty rude to say about Markstrom TBH. <laughs> uh, I thought that was great. Like, Again, even Kachuk coming out and being like, hey, they got one guy who plays half the game and and he beat us. Okay, well, Matt Kachuk, you're also a 100-point player. So is Johnny Goudreau. And over the last six periods, I haven't seen a lot of you hanging around here. So I, I think for Matt Kachuk, of all people, to be saying something about a star taking over a game, it's like, aren't you trying to be a star in this league? Why don't yeah. you try to take over a game? Because he can't right now. But you even look That's back, what I mean, like, like you look at Calgary's first round series against Dallas, right? Like you look at the way that what happened with John Klingberg in that second game yeah. where the Flames were just more focused at the beginning of that game about getting retribution and it came back and bit him in the ass. And, you know, like it's it's fine with me if that's the mindset they're going to have of if it's just McDavid, we have to shut McDavid down like good luck. First of all, you're not going to be able to fucking do it because it's Connor McDavid playing the best hockey anybody's played in 30 years, you know. But again, like I said earlier, it's the fact that the Oilers have other guys that they can roll out right now that are playing very, very good hockey as well. Yeah, Um it's it was a weird take. I mean, I think you pointed out McDavid didn't even lead them in ice time, did he? No, he had like the third most <laughs> minutes of the game. Like, yeah, he still played 20 minutes. But McDavid's a guy who could go out there if they wanted to. He could play 30 minutes a night. Like he could literally go out there, play yeah. half the game, be effective every single shift. And But they're not going to do that. And that's great. I also think that it's just like the Flames. I don't know what they're trying to do right now. They tried with the one man team thing. They tried Rasmus Anderson tried to say that the crowd at Rogers place wasn't as loud as the Saddle Dome, even though his head coach had just said there were players on the team rattled by the atmosphere. It's like, I don't know where they're at right now. They just seem scattered. But as much as that's fun to think about that, they're just off their game right now. Again, Kobe Bryant, 2009 jobs, not finished. The Oilers need to go out and put their foot on their throat and push their heads underwater because they got a chance to do it tonight. And like you, like Tyler said, game four is massively important because it's either three, one or it's two, two. And I know which side I'd rather be on. Absolutely. And, and the fact that the Oilers turned around in game two, one on the road, you know, that swung the, the home ice advantage. I think you mentioned this, Tyler, yeah. it swung the home ice advantage in the Oilers' favor. Like even if Edmonton just comes out and wins the rest of their games at home, the rest of the series, I mean, that's, that's a series win right there. Yep. Two more home games potentially in this series for the Oilers. And they're exactly two wins away from re reaching the Western conference final for the first time since 2006. Uh, shout out to uh, DoorDash. Job's not done. Job's not done. Job is not done at all. I know. I know. Uh, 
Promo code ON Radio Pod gets you 25% off and no delivery fees on your first order. And uh, hey, if you're staying in, you're ordering DoorDash and uh, maybe you want to get a couple bevies for the game. We've teamed up with Ace Liquor, Wine and Beyond, and Liquor Depot to offer you the game day deal. Budweiser, Molson Canadian, Bud Light, and Coors Light, $35.99 on special. Pack of 24. Out of those four beers, what which one would you take? I like AGD. No, it's not in the deal. Oh, it's cool. Budweiser, Molson, Bud Light, or Coors Light. Oh, oh you BLs gotta, all day. You, you got to go Molson. You got to go with the Canadians. I, I go Molson. Yeah, I go Molson. You're a Bud Light guy, Bag Milk? I'm going BLs all day. I could drink 10,000 of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that is also fair. Dan? I'm a water guy, so Bud Light. Ah. <laughs> it's important to stay hydrated in the playoffs. <laughs> it is important to stay hydrated in the playoffs. And hey, if you want to go out and have a good time tonight, we're also hosting our Oilers Nation watch party down at the Pint on White. Going to be hosted tonight by Caroline Schved. And I think Waz is going to be there and Kennedy should be there as well. It'll be a grand old time. Princey will also be there so you can go and boo Princey to his face at our watch party. Doesn't get much better than that, in it's my a opinion. Very booable face. Uh, let's look ahead a little bit. Actually, no, before we look ahead to tonight, I want to talk about the goaltending in this series a little bit. We <laughs> talked about, <laughs> just, I'm thinking you mentioned Princey. Now I'm thinking about that tweet he put out from the flames nation account saying you could hear a pin drop at Rogers place <laughs> on Sunday. And the replies after the game were just pure magic. It was just, there were so many. And then what happens? It was so good. I love it. Again, no cockiness, no a little confidence. Job's not done. Did anybody uh, break out the Mark Messier? Can you hear me now? Yeah, I should have. Uh, <laughs> but the thing I liked about that tweet is it was like 90 minutes before puck drop. And I was like, yeah, there's no one in there yet. Like, <laughs> obviously. Nailed it. He wasn't wrong. It's not even a sellout. What? They haven't even scanned a ticket. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jacob Markstrom struggled and was yanked in that hockey game. Mike Smith, he only allowed one goal. You could argue he probably would have kept his shutout bit alive if he didn't have to leave because of the concussion spotter. The way Mike Smith has bounced back in this series, and like that was that was a game the Oilers dominated, but he still made some huge stops, especially in the second period with that sequence where he stopped Kachuk and Goudreau in kind of one breakaway rebound moment. Um, yep. Let's start with our guy. Let's talk a little bit about the way Schmitty battled that entrance back that you put the music over of. That was an all time thing, but he really did like that game. There were moments the flames could have taken over momentum in that game and Schmitty shut the door and said, not a chance. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I, my words after game two, like after the start of game two, when Smith let in those two roles, I, I tweeted, I was like, man, here's the Smith explode or implosion that we had all been waiting for. And, you know, I'm happy to take my L on that one because he battled back great and he's looked really solid in, in games two and three for the Oilers, you know, beyond the first six minutes of game two. And I think that's been great. Like the team rallies around him. Like they love this guy and this guy clearly loves to play here too. You know, at the end of the day he's playing his peak hockey and i love jay woodcroft taking the little jabs at markstrom after the game three there too talking about how smith's still in you know mid-season four more or less and markstrom's played 63 games like he made that comment like two or three times um yeah smith's play has been awesome i had no real complaints there from the last uh, couple of games of action here well and i mean how different is it that we had a nine to six loss and to me the narrative coming out of our nine was, yeah, Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen can do that every once in a while, but they bounce back from the flame side. It was, well, this is just an anomaly from Markstrom, and it's not. We've gone to show that from this season. What's their save percentage against the Flames this year or against the Oilers this year? 868 or something like that? Yeah, it's putrid. So 
Yeah. So, I mean, you know, like the, the, it's just, yeah, Smith does that. Smith has his albatrosses. He has, he allows two goals in the first five minutes of the game. And that, you know, gives us some time to get that spot back. I don't know. Like it's, it, it, it's just, this is that team. This is the team that we've always had. This is the, the way that it's always going to be. And we're going to have some goaltending issues from time to time, but we can certainly score our way out of it. And I don't think the flames can, I think that the flames have shown that they just cannot keep up with this offense. I wonder too, like I was thinking about it this morning and Mike Smith is such a competitive guy. He's such like a fiery dude. I wonder if there's any, and he would never admit it, but I wonder if there's any part of him that looks down the ice and says, the Oilers tried to get that guy over there to replace me. Fuck that guy. I want to show him up. I want to show him up in this series going head to head. Obviously that's just me speculating right now, but like when a guy is that competitive as Mike Smith, you got to think, you know, there could be something in there as well. Well, and you wonder that for the players too, bag milk, right? You know, these guys that, that he turned down, these are the guys that he could have been playing in behind and instead they're coming at him. So yeah, I think it's a, it's a fair point to raise. Somebody has to be thinking that way. It's actually pretty wild how it's played out. Cause if you were to go down, you know, the alternate universe or maybe Jacob Markstrom takes that Oilers offer the difference in salary between Smith and Markstrom, like would the Oilers have been able to with the oil, I'll go even a step further with the Oilers have been able to sign a guy like Zach Hyman in the off season. If they don't have that extra $3 million, like yeah. probably not. Right. So it's wild how it's working out in the Oilers favor, where even though it's a Vesna finalist on the other side, you're sitting there kind of being like, whew, bullet dodged in a weird twisted way because of what it allowed Ken Holland to do with the extra money. But with that being said, it is so weird how 30 other teams in the NHL cannot score on Jacob Markstrom, but the Oilers can in the regular season. Since Markstrom joined the flames, he is an 884 save percentage in battles of Alberta. Obviously, you know, his numbers from the playoffs this year, but I still think this is a guy capable of bouncing back. And that should give Oilers fans. I think a little bit of reason for concern. Yes. You've lit him up. You should be confident, but at the same time, he's still an all world goalie probably deserves a yep. little bit of respect because that first period alone, does. it could have been three, nothing Oilers after the first period. Yep. If it wasn't for Markstrom, if I'm being honest, I was worried about the, after the first period, because the Oilers were absolutely shelling him. what they have like 20 shots yeah. or something like that. And he was standing on his head. I'm like, Oh no, is this one of those nights where they just, they get goalied. And then a weird one comes back the other way. Thankfully they stuck at it. And Markstrom eventually led in four, but, uh, what I'm calling for tonight in game four, we know Rogers plays is going to be bumping. I need everybody in there on Markstrom before the puck drops. I'd like to hear the Jacob chance as soon as the, as soon as they step out on the ice, mm-hmm. let's try to get under that skin immediately. Cause Tyler's right. If anybody is capable of bounce back, it's a guy who's nominated for the Vesna. And I know the Oilers have had his number a little bit, but that doesn't mean shit on a day to day basis. So I'd like to see everybody. I'll try and lead it. But um, I'll be in there, but like I'll, we would love to see the Markstrom chant get going right early before he even has a chance to settle in. But I think keep it also comes from. Sorry, go ahead, Dan. No, I was just going to say, keep an eye out for me. I'm right behind Markstrom twice this game. So Ooh, I'll, I'll, love it. Uh, then I'm right behind you, buddy. Beautiful. Look see, that's, that's, start that's, screaming. that's the type of energy we need. And I think it's also on the players too to come out hot and heavy. Like Calgary is going to want to come out and win that first period. Like that's going to be their mindset. They're going to be coming out like bats out of hell. Cause honestly, it's a do or die kind of game for them, right? Like if, if Edmonton goes up three, one, 
This series looks completely different. Um, so I think the players too need to come out and, and get in Markstrom's grill, get traffic to him, get pucks on him, you know, try and rattle him some way as well. And and I think that's going to be one of the keys to the game. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you two are going to the game tonight. I'm going to be up with Frank in the press box. So obviously I can't partake in the Markstrom chant, but maybe I'll just like tap my foot along with the Markstrom just to, you know, try to throw a little bit of my support in there. Well, I'll be sitting at home on my couch, so I will get the Jacob chance going from my couch. Yeah, open up your window and yell it in the direction of the arena. Absolutely. Just to chip in. All right. Uh, I, think, I think this is one of those nights where, you know what, let's let the crowd can make a difference. And they, yeah. It's one of those things where if we get on the goalie early and maybe he lets in one early, then that's going to be a lot. That could be a long night with the crowd that I'm expecting to have at Rogers place tonight. Should I'd love to one. get one of your bag milk when you did five hole chance with uh, exactly with buddy. From <laughs> that's the what I'm thinking. I'd love to get like a wide side, wide, <laughs> low side. glove. Yes. <laughs> that would be so good. If you can get that going bag milk, I will be thoroughly impressed if we can get a I'll little, try to knock out an article here before now and time I have to get downtown. <laughs> Low glove. Let's Low go. glove chant. Let's get it going. Uh, all right. Moving along here. I want to talk a little bit, you know, goaltending. Okay. We know that's going to be huge tonight. Maybe Markstrom steals one. Who knows? But keys to the game. I gave them on the uh, Shirt for Giant pregame show with uh, Frank Caroline and Cowboy Chris Chalmers. For me, you talked about the second and third line. They played well. You got four goals from the big guns, though. I know Hyman scored one, but it was McDavid and Drysaddle that assisted. Um, tonight, I don't know if you can necessarily bank on getting four again from McDavid and company. I'm going to say a big key to the game is the second and third line, each chipping in with a little bit of offense. If you can get two goals from outside the top line, I love their chances of winning this hockey game. That's my biggest key to the game is getting those lines. The pressure's great. The sustained zone time, the scoring chances, that is all good. Score, baby. You got to score. Yeah, absolutely. And I think another big key for me to this game is just for the Oilers to continue playing their game. Mm -hmm. I think that's been what's really important in games two and three is that the Oilers have played their game and willed themselves against Calgary. Look, Calgary is a team that is very easy to see what they do. They are very hard on four checks. They try and clog things up at the neutral zone and at their own blue line with their big bodies on the back end. And the Oilers have been able to beat them with their speed. And I, and Calgary doesn't seem to have an answer for that right now. So I think for the Oilers playing with that speed continuously getting pucks in being quick with the, the, the up ice passes from the defenseman too. I think that was a big thing that happened in games two and three that really kind of changed the tempo, I guess, in the Oilers' favor. Uh, for me, I'm going to go a little bit contradictory to you, Tyler. I think, I think that this matchup game is benefiting the Oilers more than, you know, Sutter has, has gone out and said that he doesn't really care about them. And to mm -hmm. me, that's a huge mistake. And so I think that the big guns are going to have another big night tonight. We're going to see probably two or three goals from that, from those top guys. And uh, I hope that, I hope that you're not wrong that we get some, some additional scoring, but I just, I really think that the big guns are going to have a big night in front of the home crown crowd. For me, it's going to be getting, you need another quick start because you know, without question that the Calgary flames are going to come out guns blazing tonight because they do not want to go down three, one, you have to have a quick start. You have to get some pucks on Markstrom. You can't have another one of those nights where you're outshot heavily at the midway point of the game. On Sunday night, the Oilers had the exact start we needed. I need part two tonight on in, on Tuesday in game four. I need part two of that. I want the exact replica. I want them shooting. I want them making life difficult for Markstrom. I want them trying to get greasy out there. Another thing I liked about game three was that 
yeah, I mean, there was a lot of goals on odd man rushes and stuff like that, but they weren't always trying to be pretty. They were trying to get pucks on net and they were trying to crash towards the crease. This is the second round of the playoffs, baby. You got to get ugly out there. And I, if, if there's two things that I want, quick start, some ugly goals because they're just as beautiful to me. Yeah, that's fair. You mentioned the start, like last game, that was a big propeller. The shot attempts at five on five, 19, 13 for the Oilers in the opening frame. And we know just from the first two games of this series, how a good or how a bad start has kind of hurt them. Mike Smith being big early. I know he wasn't overly tested. He only faced seven shots in that first period, but Hey, he stopped them all this time. And I, and I think that's important as well. Uh, that game really took a turn with one Evander Kane. And I was standing in line waiting for a beer in the second intermission after Kane had just completed the natural hat trick. And the two guys standing behind me were talking. It was a very like classic fan thing of like, you know, I, I heard from someone who says they know someone who knows his realtor that he's looking for a place in Edmonton. And then these two guys immediately started talking about what kind of money you'd have to move out in order to re-sign Evander Kane. And we don't need to get into who's getting traded, blah, 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 blah. But is it maybe just with the continued success of Kane now up to 10 goals in the series, is it getting hard to imagine a scenario, Zach, where the Oilers don't re-sign this guy somehow? Yeah, it's tough. It's it's tough to think about. Really and I tough. think, you know, one of the things that's probably working against the Oilers' favor is just how good Kane has been for them so far. I mean, he's producing at an incredible rate. He fits in really well. He seems to have gelled really well with the team and his teammates and stuff like that. You know, it's going to be difficult to keep this guy around. I think I, I genuinely do. And and I just it, it's it's a tough situation, but I think you have to try and do whatever you can to try and keep him around without trying to move out too many other parts, if that makes sense, you know, and you got to wonder, does Kane maybe say, hey, you know what, I'll take, you know, a million and a half less than I could maybe get on the market uh, if you guys give me an extra year or two, just because he wants to stay in Edmonton and be around this team that's clearly ready to take that next jump. What did you, what do you think of the Evander Kane success bagged milk? And what do you think? Is it one of those things where you think they have to sign him now? Have to? No, of course not. I mean, they have to have like a walkaway number, right? Like they can't just give the guy anything he wants because like to come in and do what he's done. Like we knew when Evander Kane signed in January, he was going to come in and score some goals. But did you expect him to go on a 45 goal pace or whatever it was? I didn't. I didn't expect him to have a goal per game pace in the playoffs. Like the guy is doing everything he wants. He's stepping in. He's got what? Three hat tricks for the Oilers now. (laughs) He's got... He steps in and defends his captain if anybody's trying to, or at least tries to. Like he's doing everything you could possibly want. So I just can't see a scenario where Ken Holland walks away from him unless it gets crazy. What does that look like? That's the scary part because it's not like Evander Kane's 25 anymore. You know, he's 30. So how many good miles does he have? Because he plays a hard flavor of hockey. It's going to be... But again, how do you walk away from what he's doing and just be like, well, thanks for the couple of months. We had a good time. See you later. Enjoy Columbus or wherever has who's got more money. So I don't know. I just... This is going to be really, really interesting to watch. Like Zach said, you're going to have to clear out some pieces to make it work. But what does that even mean? Right? Yeah. You know, so I, I really have no idea how this is going to... How this is going to play out. No clue. Well, you want to keep him for what he does on the ice, but what does that look like in terms of dollars and term? It's gonna be it's gonna be a wild one. How many options does he even have outside of Edmonton well, that were really want to bring him? Well, that's kind of my thing too. Is like here in Edmonton as a group who follows this team so closely every game. 
we are obviously loving what he's been doing on the ice. I wonder in other markets, it'd be interesting to talk to like a Rangers fan right now and be like, Hey, would you be okay with your team going after him? I wonder in how many other markets, how many other front offices, organizations are maybe sitting there going, yeah, that's great. But this is still like Evander Kane's always done this. He's been a 40 point or a 40 goal pace guy before. Right. So maybe other markets and other front offices are still sitting there going, yeah, that's great. But you know, we'll go get Kevin Fiala or we'll go sign someone else. We'll, we'll find another way to get our 40 goal guy. That's not bringing in someone with a bunch of baggage. Dan, uh, your thoughts on Kane's contributions and the idea of potentially keeping him around in Edmonton for longer than just this run. Well, I think that you guys are raising good points. You know, you're talking, yeah. you're talking all the, you know, the right stuff with the on ice stuff. I just think that the reality of the conversation is, and it's, I'm not passing judgment on the guy whatsoever. It's just that we now have two teams that you're correct, Tyler. He has done this for yep. uh, Buffalo and San Jose, and he has been unceremoniously removed from both of those franchises. So I think that there's a consideration that Ken Holland has to make, and that's his job as the general manager. Um, you know, when you start talking about term, like you said, bag milk, you're talking about signing a 30 year old guy, but you're also talking about signing long-term to a guy and hitching your yep. wagon to a guy that has been again, removed from two previous organizations. So for me, again, it, you know, that's a, that's a decision that a general manager gets to make, but I think that there's just, there's so many moving parts to this that, you know, you don't know if there's seven teams out there offering him $8 million, then no, if there's no teams out there and he's agreeing to a $3 million deal, maybe I'm looking at it. So it's, it's a, it's just a real big question mark for the off season that I'm glad I don't get to make the decision on. Yeah. Yeah. We just get to watch it happen in real time and see what happens, but you know, it's, it's going to be an interesting one to his credit. You haven't heard a word about anything off ice going on with Evander Kane since he's been here. So who knows? I have no idea. Obviously we all know the alleged history, but it's going to be a very interesting story to follow as we get into free agency later in the summer. will be very interesting for now though. Yes. Bag milk. I know jobs not done, but I'm enjoying the fact that the Oilers are two wins away from potentially winning this series. But yes. potentially, yeah. yeah, job's not done though. Job's not big done, game tonight. Like this is a <laughs> massive opportunity. Game four at home, the place oh. is going to be electric. It's going to be vibrating in there, and I can't wait to be in the building. I feel super lucky that I get to go, and I'm just, I need the Oilers to be as fired up about it within their game as we all are because this is an amazing opportunity for them. Again, it goes like, just grab that underdog mentality right now because nobody expected them to do this in this series and just throw it in everyone's face. Take those words as the one man team, put them up on the board, get fired up to play tonight, play your game. You're going to be fine. Do not let Calgary play theirs, play yours. Cause when you do, you are a handful to go up against. If I'm Jay Woodcroft, I think I walk in the locker room and I just ask who's the one guy tonight. And I hope that the entire team raises their hand and then that's it. I would love for tonight to feature a bit of an unsung hero. And I know like game six, you kind of got that from Tyson Berry, right? With a five on five goal. That was the difference in a tight Cody CC in game seven, Cody CC in game seven, in game three. Yeah. Duncan Keith finding, uh, finding the back of the net as well. Like they found a way to, to, they found a way to get guys to make contributions. who usually wouldn't at five on five. It's been three defensemen. Um, and it's still Eugene Hopkins goal coming today, baby. Oh, Plus two seventy five. Let's fucking go. What else you got on risky business? Uh, you know what I got over. They, they, they moved the line on my shot prop. 
Oh. I'd been hitting that all series so long, but they moved it to 74 5. I'm still taking the over on the total shots. I think that they're going to get it. I've got a Leon Drysidle goal. I've got over one and a half power play total goals in this game. I, I just, if the Flames are going to keep running to the box, there's only so long they can keep the Oilers off the board. It's going to happen. Though we've seen Jay Woodcroft adjust, they've kind of switched the order of where everybody's going. Nuge moved over to the other side, Connor moved over to the left side. What what other adjustments do they have in there? I just, I can't see the power play not getting stuff done tonight. I've, I've got high hopes for tonight. Yeah. Um, what's funny. So I, I was torn on how I wanted to bet for the shots. Cause I was like, case okay, so that 71 and a half number was a little high for me. So I went and I found Jacob Markstrom over 29 and a half saves And I was like, oh, this is a lock. Like that's better than taking over 70 whatever shots. I was like, the oil can put up, you know, plus 30 shots. And if Markstrom gives up a few, like it's a good bet. They yanked him at 30. So I barely hit it. But when I saw Vladar come out, I had like a little panic attack of like, oh my God, did I miss it by one shot? Like what's going on? (laughs) Um, I also had Mike Smith over... I forget what the number was, but I know I missed Mike Smith's by uh, by one shot. I had him at 32 and a half saves and he ended the game with 32. But I kind of like both those spots again here tonight. I think we're getting a very, very good effort from the Calgary Flames, a team coached by Daryl Sutter. Just I can't see them being that bad back to back games or really for uh Cause when it's the last two periods of game two, and then the three periods in game three, like five straight periods of the Oilers being the better team, you know, you're getting a big, big push from the flames. Like Mike Smith is at 31 and a half saves again tonight. I could see that over hitting cause Schmitty's playing well right now as well. Zach, what are you liking from a betting perspective tonight? How about Hyman over one and a half points plus three twenty? Whoa! At one site, uh, another another one I'm on on another site uh, is offering up McDavid over one and a half assists at plus one thirty seven. I really like that one as well. Um, yeah, I think those are the big ones that I'm on right now. I haven't had a good chance to kind of cruise through, but one parlay that I've kind of been liking lately is over one and a half first period goals and over five and a half goals for the game. Mm. It pays out at about even money. And it's one that I kind of like on this game here tonight. I think the first period is going to be a little bit more hectic than we've seen uh, in recent games here. So yeah, I think, uh, you know, see some early action. I think there's going to be a lot of goals here tonight again. I like the Zach Hyman shot prop. He's hit it in four in a row, five of his last six as well. The payout's not great down at minus 175 because they're starting to adjust a little bit. But still, I think that's a uh, I think it's a pretty good spot here as uh, we head into tonight. Need to give some love to our friends at Cornerstone Insurance. Check them out online at Cornerstone INS. And if you scroll all the way down to the bottom, you'll see our nice little Oilers Nation logo. That's because Cornerstone are proud teammates of us here at Oilers Nation. Get a quote on their website. Solid protection, sound advice, cornerstone insurance. Uh, what else are we thinking here before the game? Uh, maybe we can go around the NHL a little bit. How about the Florida Panthers? The Battle of Alberta is living up to the hype. It's they been unreal. ruined my my fucking parlay. Oh, they did because they didn't go to get to a fifth game. I forgot we did that together. Shit. Brutal. They ruined uh, all of our parlays. And who would have ever expected the Florida Panthers to be the ones that got swept in the second round? What is that? Although I did love the story that a bunch of them out were not the Rippers the other night, allegedly in that radio so station's opinion. I, that was excellent. I heard it was like the Black Aces. Like it was a bunch of guys who know they don't oh. play. And oh, well, that's not as it just got blown out of proportion a little bit. But I can't like that team. They loaded up harder than anyone at the deadline and they're out. It's insane. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, but, but in a, in a sense, are we really surprised? Like it's Tampa Bay. Like this is a team that's been there, done that consistently. I, I think it's hilarious. All of the Leafs fans going through denial. Oh, They're know. like, well, you know, we still took Tampa to seven games. Yeah, but you guys still lost at the end of the day. Like that Tampa team is so good. And I've I said it on Twitter yesterday. I, I can't believe I got Tampa at plus eleven hundred to win the cup this year. Uh, just yeah. before the playoffs, like that's insane value. And I think it also just goes to show how overrated the Toronto market is or how much the Toronto market as a whole skews some betting lines uh, and stuff like that. But yeah, it's been crazy. And I mean, you even look at the St. Louis, Colorado series, like that's been a tight series too. St. Louis is playing some really good hockey as well. Uh, that's one that I think is going to go a little bit longer in the uh, game totals. Well, that's, I mean, Doc, you made a super important point that I hope that people that are betting definitely pay attention to is the, the populist market definitely influences the, uh, the lines there. Um, and yeah, I mean, for me, I, I just, I looked at Florida with that gold. I, I just don't consider Bobrovsky to be a, a guy that I would want to go four rounds with. So, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not necessarily a Mike Smith guy either, but yeah. here we are. So, uh, you know, it, it's uh, who knows, but yeah, for that Florida team. Yeah. It was, uh, it was pretty shocking how they just kind of fluffed out and, and uh, you know, and I mean, even like, even the, the good luck that they had still didn't go their way with that, that bounce at the end of the game. Did you see that one that almost broke a shutout <laughs> off of the linesman? So, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's just, it's incredible to watch, you know, you're, you're kind of just looking at St. Louis and saying dead man walking there. So it's, uh, I guess, Carolina and New York is going to be entertaining. I don't know. Like that just, series has not been entertaining. It, low when scoring. you, when you lined it up, you had the battle of, Al- of Florida, you have the battle of Alberta. You've got the New York Rangers and the Carolina hurricanes who always just for some reason hate each other. And then you had Colorado dusting St. Louis, but you know, everything seemed like it was lining up for excitement, you know, on the hockey fight side of things, it's been an absolute dust bowl. I haven't oh. found any kind of toughness whatsoever in these games, but whatever it is what it is and the Oilers are winning so yeah, I think a, just cir- it's a weird league right now I think just circling back to Tampa Bay too it just shows how important having an elite goaltender is for yeah. any team yeah. you know you look at Vasilevsky he had a tough first round against Toronto and he bounced back incredibly well against Florida here I saw something I haven't been able to confirm it myself but I saw something saying that Vasilevsky had the highest ever save percentage for a single round of hockey in the NHL playoffs before like, wow. It was insane. The numbers that he was putting up. He only like, gave up three goals in the four games, right? Nuts. <laughs> like, yeah, like it's insane. And Florida's a high volume shot team. Like they fire the pill, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Bang yeah. Vasilevsky just him, decided that he was showing up in the second round and that was enough. Said he's yeah. just like, he's like, yeah. Oh yeah, right. I am the best goalie in the world. Let me show everybody that I still am. Mike McKenna had an, in, had a take on uh, the daily faceoff show that this run could cement Vasilevsky as the goat, the greatest goalie ever. Um, it's well if they three if they three Pete like how on. could he how could he not it's, be in that mix? It's there's a lot of there's a lot of different kind of conversations I think that have to come out of there like talking about Stamkos as a leader. Yeah. You know he has to be up in that that Iserman Messier. You know those kinds of names. I now. mean, like remember in the last Cup final when that dude was playing through, Lord knows what he was playing through, and he came and just played that one shift, scored, and then sat on the bench the rest of the game. Yeah. Like that's iconic stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's to me, you know, he has to be in that conversation already. And then Patrick Maroon, legend, if he gets four in a row. Oh, my. I didn't even think about that angle either. Like, that's crazy, too. Um, But the lady, I would get them all welded together into one knuckle ring. (laughs) That's what I'd do. He's got to come back for the Thanos glove, though. 
Oh, and, 100%. And uh, they beat the Panthers easily. And the Panthers were a historic team in the regular season. They did it without Braden Point, who's like their third most important forward. Like a very OTIR important IR again. Am I right? <laughs> They're saving them. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's wrap this thing up. Actually, first off, no Ask the Idiots today because it was a quick turnaround on today's episode. But shout out to our friends at Buster's Pizza. They were one of my pregame meals last week as I was trying to will the Oilers to victory with what I was putting into my body. It was Better fantastic. Go again. Yep. I did a medium Hawaiian and a medium barbecue chicken pizza, and they were both very, very good. Uh, but let's get to our hot and cold performers for our friends at Twig and Berries, twigandberries.ca. Uh, free shipping in Canada on orders over $75. And also... They have a store out in St. Albert. So you can come out to my neck of the woods and check out Twig and Berries. The promo code on their site, Nation15, gets you 15% off whatever you order. Uh, hot and cold performers, as always. Let's start with our veggies. And I'll go to you first, Bag Milk. What do you got? I am going to go. I wrote this down. One second. I got it. Uh, the power play right now. It is cold. The others haven't had a goal in a couple games now. I think they've only got one in the series so far. So the power play is cold right now. I can't see that lasting long. We're already seeing adjustments and guys moving around. I think it's going to be a big night tonight. But so far since the since a couple of days ago, the power play is my cold performer of the week. That's a joke. That's an absolute joke is what it is. Nation Dan, cold performer of the week. Uh, I'm sticking to this series and I'm going to go with one Milan Lucic. You knew what you're doing. Nobody thought you could win that puck race. And the fact that you had to stop at the last second for me was why you got that game misconduct. I'm glad you're back for game four. But Milan Lucic, you get my cold performer of the week. What the hell is going on? Zach. I look forward to him angrily staring from the bench for the 53 minutes he doesn't play. Or from the other end of the ice where the puck is at the other end. That Stephen A clip is just tremendous. I think that's so good. Um, my cold performer of the week is the Calgary Flames for going after Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, That is some clown shit there from the Flames. Uh, disgusting and deplorable uh, for them to be intentionally trying to injure a guy even more. All right. My cold performer of the week is going to Farhan Lalji. From TSN, who I think is a pretty good guy, does a lot of good CFL work. But this take on the mm. idea that the Oilers are a one-line team, Dustin Nielsen disagreed, and Lalji fired back and said, that one guy is everything. The rest are <laughs> nobodies without him. He gets into everyone's head. He's the complete focus of everyone's attention and makes everyone around him better by merely existing. He might be the best player ever. Without him, the Oilers aren't a playoff team. Um, <laughs> Farhan, have you ever heard of Leon Dreisaitl? Oh yeah, that guy with that one heart trophy, that guy? Yeah, he's uh, he's pretty good. Also, Zach Hyman has scored in what? Three straight playoff games now? He's also pretty good. And Evander Kane scored at a 40 goal pace. So I don't know if those guys are necessarily nobodies, but I did wear my neon Leon hoodie on all the shows today. To, just a gentle <laughs> reminder, whether it's Farhan, Matt Kachuk, or Rasmus Anderson, a little reminder that, you know, that, Let that, say it. that guy wearing number 29 is also pretty good for the Edmonton Oilers. So Farhan Lalji, for that take, you get my cold performer of the episode. Oh, get cold. Hot I, like how he, I like how he said it the day after Leon set an NHL record yeah. also. And that was also very funny. He was actually talking about Leon the whole time. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, this Connor is the no one. He's I, a big Cody CC guy. Big CC guy. Hot performer of the week, Zach. 
Mine is going to be for Leon Dreisaitl and Darnell Nurse. They are both battling through some big injuries right now. Um, you know, Nurse has got the core muscle injury, Dreisaitl with the ankle. I think they're still doing incredibly well. And you look at Dreisaitl, he looks like he's getting healthier every single shift he's out there on the ice. Uh, those guys, they've been red hot, and it's just great to see him muscling through all this. Pour it on! Damn. He's, he's getting finer, as Leon put, him, put it himself. My uh, hot performer of the episode of the week is going to go to one Wendy Lamb. Uh, not only did her cartoons and drawings or Oilers themed cartoons and drawings get featured on TV this week. Uh, somebody got a, s- a wicked screen grab of actually one of her little mini dry stickers inside the flames players bench. So inside <laughs> on the wall of the flames players bench, there was a little mini dry sticker staring back at them for the entire game. So maybe just maybe Wendy might be a reason why his ankles were being targeted. Who knows? But Wendy Lamb, you get my hot performer of the episode. I can't believe it! Zach. I already gave my hot performers. Bag milk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go. So here's another one for Wendy. I got this yes. when we met Ben Stelter. Uh, the Stelter family gave me one of these ones for him. So I'm very excited. I keep about mine that. in I my got- wallet. That's on my, I'm going to put that on my, I actually forgot. I was going to put it on my laptop right now. Um, I got a couple. One, Ben Stelter, the Boo Flames hat. I love it. I love it. When he's in the building, it just feels better when he's there. Second one, Leon Dreisaitl. He's on one and a half legs right now. He's basically a pirate. And yet he still set an NHL record for most assists in a playoff period. I wrote the article yesterday at Oilers Nation for it. I was looking through. That record had been around since like 1932 or something when goalies wore Sears catalogs as pads. Like Unbelievable performance by a guy who's not 100% healthy right now. Leon Dreisaitl, you get yet another hot performer of the week. He's a hot he certainly is a hot guy. Uh, to wrap up, I did this last time and I'm just kind of in the mood to do it again. But this city with the sun shining, with a game on a holiday Sunday, it was just an absolute vibe, man. Like inside the arena, it was loud. You walk out and cars are honking like crazy. The moss pit is still going and just absolutely buzzing even after the game's done. And by all reports, anyone who was out and on the town on Sunday had a great time because Oilers fans are straight up the best. So this fan base once again for the fun they're having taking advantage of this playoff run absolutely get my hot performer of the week and uh, that is going to be a wrap on this week's ep- or on today's episode of the show we're doing so damn many right now i'm losing track uh, but this has been episode 199 zach thanks for pinching in always happy to join fellas bag milk and dan you guys cheer your goddamn hearts out tonight We'll be screaming. Uh, or low glove? Low glove? Low glove. Is that what it is? Low, low glove. We'll try, it. we'll try low glove and we'll get the Jacobs going early. All right. There you go. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the hockey game tonight. And we will be back later in the week. This has been episode 199 of Oilers Nation Radio brought to you by Oodle Noodle and DoorDash. Shout out Jacob Markstrom. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 